This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. I just want to welcome everyone that has just tuned into Radio K Pulpit. I am Alana Ulifi with my program called Body Matters, where everybody in the body of Christ matters. Um, today I'm going to introduce you to my guest, which is Anal Rodemeyer, and a ministry is called Transformation Prayer Ministry, and we are going to discuss how we can renew our minds through prayer. But before that, I just want to read a scripture in Philippians 4 verse 8 that says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen me put into practice. So now we've got our guest and um, welcome Anal Rodemeyer. Um, I just want to welcome you and thank you so much for joining us today. Okay. Hi, Alana. Hello, listeners. Thank you very much for inviting me and to share what's on my heart today. I especially want to invite the people listening today who is struggling with hopelessness mm. or loneliness or mm. whatever you need to be dealing with. I will share some information on why we have emotional pain and then some principles on how to move forward. I hope it helps you. I'm sure it will. And I am so excited to listen to what you've got to share with us today. But before we start, I really just want you to share a little bit about yourself to our listeners. Okay. Alana, I'm a mom of two adult children and I'm a general medical practitioner. Uh, I do sessions at a military sick bay for the last number of years, as well as helping mm. private psychiatrists with the general medical needs of their dementia patients. So I work with old people mostly, and I'm a child of God, and I love the Lord Jesus Christ, and I love people. I love working with people, and it gives me such joy to see people grow mm. and move forward from hopelessness to hope and peace and joy. Um, I can also mention I'm a member of Shofar Christian Church in Durbanville and I'm involved in an international interdenominational prayer ministry called, as you said, Transformation Prayer Ministry. The acronym for this mm. is TPM and in Afrikaans we call it Transformatie Gebedsbediening. So I'm a TPM facilitator and I run TPM training courses to help equip people and I serve on the board of Transformation Prayer Ministry in South Africa for the last number of years. Sure, that's quite a bit. But um, so tell me, how did you get involved in TPM? Okay, which is which? Let let us just say it's Transformation Prayer Ministry. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, Alana, I've always had a tender heart, and I loved helping people. And even as a medical student, I realized that modern medicine is very helpful mm. for many conditions and illnesses. But they're just popping a pill is often not all that's needed. I wanted to help people holistically, spirit, soul, and body, like Jesus did. In 1999, I was invited to be part of a group at our church who did theophastic prayer ministry um, in, on a few videos. And I liked the principles very much, but my kids were small, and I was working full-time, and I didn't really have time to internalize mm. this. So I did a number of other courses as well and read many books on helping people. 
And by 2008, I was part of a ministry team counseling and praying with people with emotional problems. But I saw a pattern emerging. Mm. We would pray for someone's depression or anxiety, and they'd feel better in the moment, only the next week to return still with the same depression and hopelessness and anxiety. Nothing truly changed. It felt like I was praying in the wind Mm. without direction, and I became very frustrated with the poor outcome and lack of permanent change. So I excused myself from all ministry, and I contended with with God. Mm. I said, Lord, this is not working. Your word says when we pray, things change, and I don't see it. Despite my best efforts, my best advice, my best kind of prayer, nothing takes people Mm. out of their pain. Then God dropped this truth in my spirit. Anel, and it was like God was standing with his hands on his hips and shaking sure. his head at me and saying, Anel, at last you're at the end of yourself. Sure. People don't need to hear you. They need to hear me. Go back to the theophastic principles and learn it well. So that's what I did, studying the manual for months on end. Mm. And then in 2009, about a year later, my first TPM session happened. A lady in my cell group came to me. She was really struggling with deeply troubling issues in her life. And I asked her to try the, and and she said she really needed help. And I said, Mm. well, we can try this TPM prayer process if she wanted to. And she said she didn't care what we use as long as she could just feel better. So we went through the prayer process, asking the right question at the right time, like I learned it by then. (laughs) And then with mascara running down her face, I saw a miracle take Mm. place in her. That day, long-standing pain turned to peace as Jesus ministered personal truth to her through his Mm. Holy Spirit. She had an experience with God such as I had never witnessed before in any other prayer session. And the miracle stayed with her. The change in her is permanent up till today. Then I tried this prayer process again and again with different Mm. people with wide variety of problems, and it worked every time. People moved from pain to permanent peace and joy. I was hooked on God and in his amazingly kind yes. and gentle way with people. TPM changed the way mm. I counseled completely. And I realized that Jesus meets us exactly where we are at. Mm. And it matters to him what we think, what we feel, what we go through. And he's close to us when we are in pain. And you know what's so amazing about that is sometimes we need to direct people to God, to Jesus, not to ourselves, because in our own strength, we cannot cannot do anything in our own flesh. But when God shows up mm. and he does the work, mm. I think that is so amazing and so mm. powerful. Absolutely. But we'll be back with this interesting topic after this short music break. This is Body Matters with Alana Olifier. My guest is Anel Rademeyer, and we are discussing how we can renew our minds through prayer. So, Anel, tell us a little bit about how you started Transformation Prayer Ministry and just a little bit about what it is. Okay. Um, as I said just now, that Transformation Prayer Ministry, the acronym for it is TPM. In Afrikaans, we say it's Transformatie Gebedsbediening. And it is basically a therapeutic prayer process during which God reveals His truth mm. and His love and compassion for a personal, in a personal way, in an area where He is struggling and where He is hurting. 
And when the person through the Holy Spirit receives God's perspective, it leads to permanent peace and restored joy in that area. This surpasses mere head knowledge about God by far. God has always been giving truth to people from the beginning mm-hmm. of time. So this is nothing new. But the, and the TPM process is only just one way how God deals with people and how he helps them. But to me, it is a very effective way. TPM is an inter- interdenominational ministry, and it started in the 1990s when God gave this pre-process to Dr. Ed Smith in America. Mm. He was a Southern Baptist pastor, and I like the Southern Baptist because their theology is quite sound. It's yes. biblically based. And and God gave this pre-process, these specific, very specific mm. right questions at the right time in a session to help people move forward towards God's truth for them. Originally, it was called theophostic prayer ministry. Theos is the Greek word for God, and phostic means light. So it means basically God shining his light in my dark and my difficult places. Like it says in Psalm 18 verse 28, O Lord, you light my lamp. My God turns my darkness into light. This is exactly what happens Mm -hmm. during a TPM session. TPM is also spread by word of mouth all around the world. It's currently, I think, in more than 180 countries. Sure. And it's been trans- translated in many languages. In 2015, Dr. Ed Smith simplified the TPM training and changed the name to Transformation Prayer Ministry, as many people got confused mm. with a Greek name. The focus also changed from mere equipping for intercessors and pastors and Christian leaders to really become a tool for the body of Christ. So TPM mm. is for every believer. And and just on that note, anybody, whether they're a believer or not, they can come for TPM. Absolutely. I will talk a bit about that in at the end as well. Okay. Because yeah. I just want to, to bring that across. This is not mm. just exclusive for Christians. No, definitely this not. Is, this is yeah. for everybody. God speaks to everyone. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Um, before we focus on, on TPM, which you are going to go into a little bit more detail, can you tell us about emotional pain and where it comes from? Are there different categories of emotions and how can we understand these emotions and deal with them better? This is such an important question, Alana. Um, Emotional pain is part of our human experience and we can develop an emotional wound when others do bad things to us or when bad things just happen to us, especially when we have no say or choice Mm. in a situation. Most wounds originate in childhood when we don't have control over what happened to us. These emotional injuries can cause pain due to untruths that are believed, Mm. the wrong deductions we make about ourselves. This is what we call lie-based pain. You will hear that I use Mm. the term lie-based pain quite a few times because it's something that is a lie that I believe about myself, the situation, or about God, but that causes pain. The other kind of pain is what we call truth-based pain is when we have pain because of what is true in a situation. So let's start then with truth-based pain. Yes, that sounds very interesting. I'm quite keen to hear (laughs) what is truth-based pain. (laughs) Truth-based pain is felt because of what is true in a situation. For instance, my child or my mom died and I feel sorrow and grief. Mm. Those are truth-based emotions. Or my mom was a selfish alcoholic and she really didn't care for me the way I needed and I just feel so disappointed or let down mm. by her. That's truth-based. 
all my fiancé betrayed my trust and left me standing at the altar, and I feel so disappointed. All these are truth-based. So it's normal to grieve for a period when we have a time of loss or sorrow, and it's not God's plan for us to carry this for the rest of our lives. Mm. And in a session, we usually use um, a scripture that I love very much in 1 Peter 5, 7, where it says, God cares for us affectionately. Mm. He cares with emotion for what we go through and he cares about us watchfully. He didn't miss a thing yes. of the sorrow or the hurt that you suffer. Mm. But then in Psalm 55, 22, it says that where David says, cast your burden and the weight of it on the Lord mm. and he will carry it for you. So there comes a time where we actually can cast this burden, the sorrow, because yes. Something like toothpaste pain is usually very heavy to carry, and God wants us to cast it on him because he wants to carry it for us. He wants to comfort us Mm. for those sorrows. So that's truth-based pain. But then when we look at lie-based pain, that is what happens when we make wrong deductions or come to a wrong conclusion Mm. or we interpret the situation wrongly. And it's usually when we believe a lie about ourselves, how Mm. we are, who we are, and about our situation, um, how things are out of control, or about God. And Sorry, sorry, I just wanted to add to that because I know that sometimes even out of that, that lies that we believe, we we don't even know it and we sometimes act out of it. Mm. So everything we mm. do spills a whole lifestyle um is reflected to Absolutely. that lie that yes. we believe. Yeah, quite so. And children easily draw these wrong conclusions mm. about themselves and about situations because they assess life innocently and naively mm. and they often don't have caring adults to reframe it for them and say it's not your fault that it happened, there's nothing wrong with you or that mm. I will help you. So people, as you say, carry these beliefs right through their life. So mm. you can be chronologically 30, 50 or 70 years old and in specific yes. situations you still feel the same vulnerable and painful feeling mm. of your three or four-year-old self because when you believe a lie, you always feel a corresponding emotion to it. That's a very important principle. So, for instance, if you learn to believe that I'm all alone and there's no one cares about me, you will feel afraid and vulnerable. So, if you believe that what I think or feel is not important, I will feel worthless. So, there's always an emotion with Mm. the lie. So, I feel in my heart, but what I feel what I believe in my mind to be true. Or I can believe that something bad will happen and that I can't prevent it and then I will feel powerless. So when we believe these lies and we feel pain such as rejection, worthlessness, despair, fear, confusion or powerlessness, it is because of the lies we believe. Yes. 90% of our bad emotions actually are connected to the lies that we believe. Most often, though, we're not even aware that we believe the lies. It's often in Mm -hmm. our subconscious Mm -hmm. mind. People are often surprised in a session when it comes um, to the table and they realize, I didn't know that I believed this. So we just experience the uncomfortable emotions when life bumps us and we see the resultant destructive ongoing behavior patterns in ourselves. And of course, as you said, it hurts our relationships. So... Often we just try to feel better by not feeling. Mm. We just try and deny and suppress it by performing better, by repenting often of our feelings. And none of it helps because only it helps till the next trigger comes along. 
The remedy is that we need to identify the lies and we need to invite Jesus to replace mm. these lies with his truths so that our minds can be renewed like Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. But we cannot renew our own minds. The Greek actually says that we need mm. God's help. God says, I want to help you to renew your mind. Are mm. you willing? So we need to run to him with this. And this replacing of lies with God's truth can be in my normal quiet mm. time. And it can be an easy matter then. But sometimes we need a, a Mikey, somebody that walks with yeah. me, a facilitator to they help me. can actually me. just, yes, come alongside yes. your mentor, you, or walk the road with yeah. you. And and I just want to add to what you said earlier on. And um, I just believe that that sometimes we don't go to the root of the problem. You know, if we've got certain fears and certain things that trigger off emotions inside of us, like you said, you know, when you get fearful, but we never ever go to the root of the problem and I also I know that I've also done some inner healing many years ago and I know sometimes the root of the problem is also unforgiveness mm. and um, we have forgotten a lot of things and sometimes those things are so far back mm. in our subconscious that we push it aside because we don't want to deal with mm. it mm. and we forget about it mm. but in the process when we live it we live it out we live our pain our hurt and our lies out in, in every facet of our lives. Absolutely. But I think what, what's so beautiful about what your ministry is about is going down to the root of it. And sometimes those things are being done, as you said, it was in childhood. Mm. So that is amazing, just mm. coming back to the root. Mm. Yeah, that is. thank you for mentioning that, Alana. I think that is just so, so important to understand because often we want to deal with our pain, but in a very superficial way. We just want to feel better. All the symptoms of yeah, the pain. And, and, the, yeah. and God is not a God. God deals with the root, he cleans mm. it out. And often it's not a comfortable process, but it is very powerful because it changes things permanently. Yes. And I think when God, as you said, when God, sometimes we don't believe what people say, but when we have an encounter with God and he reveals the truth mm. to us, mm. Then it becomes mm. a rhema word. Yes. It becomes a reality and a real, almost like a promise that yes. you can hold on yes. to. And that transformation is so much more powerful. For sure, for sure. So tell us um, what happens also when mm. people don't deal with their truth-based pain and their lie-based pain. You already touched on that, Alana. And I <laughs> Sorry, I jumped, such, no, I jumped no, the gun. Not at all. Not at all. I think just, this is yes. so important. I think that's the next part of yes. the story. Because when we do not deal with our truth-based or our lie-based pain, it often leads to three more problems. And I'm going to mention it firstly before I just discuss yes. it in a bit more detail. The first one is anger. That's where the unforgiveness mm. also comes in. And the second one is sinful behavior patterns. And then the third one is something that's much more, how shall I say, undercover. And it's what I call a passive mindset. Mm. So it is anger, sin, and a passive mindset. So many people struggle with anger. And it can be against someone else, an institution, mm. or even about God, or against myself. Mm. 
So let's look at anger against God firstly. In situations where we feel that God let us down, often we feel angry because we feel he didn't act Mm. the way that we thought he should have acted, Mm. especially in a situation where we ourselves truly try to do everything right. So in a traumatic situation, we might start believing that God just didn't care Mm. what happened there. And that he's not loving and is even that, that people would say even that God is a liar, he's a fake and that he made a mistake to put me on earth because life was so bad for me and he just didn't mm. care. So if I believe this, it feels rational and logical to be angry at him in that situation. But now we are stuck. So we're in a double bind because we really want to love and trust God, yes. but we feel hurt and we feel led down mm. and abandoned by him. So how do you do this? Mm. The answer is to talk to God like David did in Psalm 22. I'm so glad about the Psalms in the Bible. Alana, I don't know what we would have done so, if it wasn't for the Psalms, because mm. sometimes it feels like half of the Psalms in the Bible is about David fighting with God. Yes. And it just gives us such an open door to really relate to God on yes. a deep personal and authentic level because we as Christians um, we often don't really relate to God authentically. Mm. We we think we must be nice yes. and all Christianese like. God is not yeah. like he loves it when we comes with our true struggle mm. and emotion to him because then we can deal with it. Yes. Like we deal with each other in personal close relationships. And I think with, with the Psalms of Psalms and that is very true. David was very real with God. This is how I feel God. Mm. You know, and at the end he says, but I'll still worship you. Yes, I'll still exactly. praise you. Yeah. But he was real. And, yeah. I, and I do agree with you. Sometimes people think, we think that we need to go into a certain way or, you know, be with God. We need to get into a certain position to pray. God is not interested mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. any formality. Mm-hmm. I mean, God yes. is there. We can talk to him anywhere, mm-hmm. anytime, mm-hmm. Anyhow, and I think that is just mm. the truth, like you said, with, with mm. Psalms. You know, mm. he was just, mm. he said it as it is. Yeah. So Psalm 22, I love that because that's really a psalm where God on the one hand says, Lord, do you see my struggle? The wolves are around me. My ribs are sticking out. Do you really care? So he moans mm. at God. Yes. And then the next moment he says, God, but I will praise you. Yes. And then he carries on, on and off, on and off for the rest of the psalm till at the end he says, Lord, my posterity, my my nageslag sal eloof and praise. My, sure. my, the people that come after me, all of us, mm. we will praise you in the congregation. Mm. So he really comes to the heart of God when, when he meets him. So a serious heart-to-heart talk about our experience in a difficult situation where we feel God let us down is really mm. important. And we must ask him for his perspective on our conclusions about him in the situation. God wants to bring truth to our beliefs we have about him. Because our beliefs often are based on a misunderstanding or a misconception of who he is Mm. and about his character. And when we allow God to speak for himself, it always changes the way we interpret and understand the situation and him. And then we have peace. Mm. So God, in that situation also, I must say, often in a session, God comforts people. He wants to comfort mm. people in a situation like this because they are place, they, these are often places where there was injury and harm yes. suffered. I also just want to add to that because I, uh, I know from my past and also um, being a part of Inner Healing, a lot of people, they relate Father God to their earthly fathers. Mm. And sometimes they never had that earthly father that they, you know, a godly father or mm. someone who cared. And somehow they um, 
they see Father God in that way. If their father was distant, they see Father God as distant. Mm. If their earthly father didn't pay much attention to them, you know, they mm. they feel mm. the same mm. way towards Father yeah. God. And I also just remember um, chatting to someone one day, and I asked them, how do you see Father God? And he said, I see Father God with a whip in his hand, mm. <laughs> you know, ready to whip me mm. every time I do something yeah. wrong. And it's because that person had an abusive father. Yes. So mm. sometimes we've got such a, a misunderstanding of the father's love mm. for us, that mm. unconditional love. Mm. And just last thing I want to add to that, I remember listening to a sermon one day where I think it was Bill Johnson who said, God is good. <laughs> the devil is bad. Mm. There is no fine line. Because mm. sometimes people say, why did God allow this to happen mm. to me? God never allows mm. any bad to, to mm. come to us because God is good. Mm. And I think if we can do that transformation mm. in our minds to know mm. that bad things that come to us or happen is not from Father God, yeah. but only good. Mm. He says every good and perfect gift mm. comes from the Lord. Yeah. But I think also that we cannot do that ourselves. Yes. God needs to give us a new experience um, and I will talk a bit about the difference between a cognitive understanding of God and experiential knowledge of mm. God. Um, just now when you spoke about having a father that was abusive and how that changes, often mm. the anger that we feel towards God, as you say, comes from anger and feeling resentment towards an uh, adult figure in our lives yes. as well. So the second anger that we often also mm. deal with or we, that we have to deal with most of the time is anger towards someone. And it helps to understand that there are two parts to anger when we feel mm -hmm. it towards someone. The first part is about the past and why we became angry. The second part is about the future and why we stay angry. Mm. So it's about the past, mm. why we became angry, and then about the future, why we stay angry. That's so very powerful. The first part of the anger is about what happened in the past and why I became angry. And I usually became angry because someone hurt me or because I suffered an injustice or an unrighteousness. Mm. And that anger is valid and it's truth-based. It's truth-based because God feels anger about it, just as I do. He feels the same as me. He also gets angry about injustice and unrighteousness. In 2 Samuel 22 verse 7 and 8, it says that, In my distress I called to the Lord, I cried to God, and he heard my mm. voice from his temple. My cry came into his ears, it like my cry went into God's brain. And then it says, The earth reeled and quaked, and the foundations of the heavens trembled. And then these words, God was angry. Sure. So God gets angry mm. when unrighteousness happens to his children. Mm. So God cares when we suffer injury or hurt, and he wants to show us how he thinks and feels about what we suffered in a specific painful situation, and he wants to comfort us for the loss of that injury mm. we suffered due to others' sometimes purposeful sin or their negligence towards us. That is the first part. Mm. The second part of anger towards others is about what we believe will happen in the future if we let our anger about the past event go. So we have to look at why we choose to hold on to our anger. Most often, 
We hold on to our anger because we somehow believe that our anger protects us against further hurts. And of course, anger makes me feel strong and powerful mm. instead of vulnerable and weak and pathetic. Or justifies what happened to me. Yes. So the other reason is that we believe our anger will keep the other person accountable, mm. that they will stay mm. in the wrong because they were wrong to do this to me. And it can sometimes feel that they will go unpunished if I let my anger go. So those are the two main reasons why we stay angry. But holding on to anger prevents God's truth to flow in our lives mm. and it leads to bitterness in our spirit and soul and body. In Hebrews twelve fifteen, mm. it says we should not hold on to any resentment and bitterness and we should not let it spread forth because it will cause trouble and torment and it will contaminate not only mm. us but defile those around us. Mm. So the answer is to allow God to bring truth to the lie that keeps the anger in place. Then we easily let the anger yes. go. So what I often see then in a session is that the moment we pray through these things and I ask, I would ask somebody, would you want to hold on to mm. this anger still? And they would say, yes, yes, yes. And then we get truth from God for the reasons they still hold on to it. And the moment they get the truth from God, that God yes, says, vengeance is mine. Vengeance mm. is mine. I, will, I know what happened there. I take mm. note of it. Then the moment that happens and the person accepts God's perspective, Suddenly, there's peace. And mm. I will ask, how do you feel now towards this person who hurt you so badly there? And you know what? Always the answer when God has given truth is, you know, I feel sorry for them. Yes. They should have been very broken to do that mm. to me. Mm. So God brings, when his truth comes in, forgiveness takes place like this okay. immediately. Yes. Without any having to say, I forgive him in the name of the Lord mm. Jesus. I just need God's truth for why I need to hold on to my anger. Mm. So that's such a powerful thing. And yes. I see that in every second because all of us have places. I want to say, in a sense, all of us have yes. anger issues. <laughs> we yeah. all struggle with anger from time to time where there was been unrighteous. And God has just got the answer. But he doesn't give pat answers. Flock on yes. God gives answers that really makes a change. Mm. And I also, uh, I mean, God knows the way you think. And he always talks to you in the way that makes sense to you. Mm. And it's very true. Sometimes when you understand why injustice was done to you, it's easier to forgive. Mm. When you see God's perspective mm. and not your perspective mm. of the situation. Mm. Okay, then, except for anger, um, when we don't deal with our truth by Spain and lie by Spain, we also become susceptible to sinful behavior patterns. So sin can be, one, I think mm. a blatant and willful choice to transgress God's law and choosing our own way away from God's plan for us. Or it can be something that's much more subtle. I call it pain-managing behavior. So okay. sin can be pain-managing behavior. When some Christians, we really want to, we don't want to sin purposefully. We, do, we want mm. to follow God. We want to do what's right. But I think because we've got pain inside, because of the lies and the hurts that we suffered, we somehow need comfort. Mm. We sit with this pain inside and that pain cries out for help and for comfort. So we do some pleasurable behavior that makes us feel better, even if it's just for a short while. But this is still sin because there's a turning away from God instead of turning towards him for his help and comfort in my need. And the answer, of course, for mm -hmm. sin is twofold. The first is, 
I need to agree with God's standards of holiness. Mm. I need to humble myself before him. And I have to have a change of mind and say, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I really want to follow you only. And then the second important part that we often miss, I think, in church in general, is that we don't accept God's forgiveness. We don't have an experience of how Mm. God has really washed us clean. He wants us to experience his forgiveness. And this also happens in a TPM session where God gives someone an experience of how he washes them clean. And, yeah, so I think this pain-managing behavior pattern that we all have, and it's very, um, it can be very subconscious. Yeah, Sometimes, so just, say, give us an example of okay. what, what would that Sometimes be like. Sometimes it would be, um, uh, I would say it's something like when people would um, use, for instance, alcohol to, to numb their senses mm. and to make them feel better. Mm. Or any kind of addiction actually falls mm. into this category where I use something instead of running to God for my pain. Now, I'm going to be very honest here that in my own life, uh, my children laugh at me when I mention this, but yes. my own sins are cookies, bookies, and coffee. And yeah. then also lint chocolate. I like it. So that's my escape. Yes. And it doesn't sound so bad, perhaps, mm. as alcohol or drugs or anything like that or pornography. Mm. But in a sense, it's just as bad in God's eyes mm. because it is when I take my eyes off him and I find my own solution. So it's the solution mm. to my pain that is not good and it takes me away from God and from his joy and blessing for mm. me. And I think it's kind of anything that replaces that time with God where we would rather just focus on something else, you know, instead of dealing with, with, with the problem, instead of mm. bringing it to God. Exactly. I know, and it, it can be subtle things which mm. we don't even mm. realize, mm. you know, watching mm. um, series yeah. after series exactly. after series where yeah. you could be sitting and spending time with God, yeah. but then you end up days watching it yeah. and then you get hooked on it mm. and it's, you see all of it's yeah. innocent. Yeah. And you become passive. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And yeah, so there's lots of things mm. and sometimes it's just the small things that mm. God can reveal to mm. us. So the third part of the cycle, except now for the anger and then the sin, is the passive mindset, which we started Mm. talking of of now, which develop in somebody's life. And this happens when we allow ourselves to think and do whatever we want to do, irrespective of if it's wrong or harmful to us or our Mm. relationship with God or to others. And we allow ourselves freedoms. We don't have boundaries for ourselves, for what is good and right in a situation. And we actually become more and more selfish. And a passive mindset is something we all struggle with in certain areas mm. in our lives. But God wants us to take responsibility for ourselves and grow up. We are not victims who says we can't help it and mm. the devil or God made me do it. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says we must take every thought captive to obey Christ. Mm. So we must learn to discipline our thoughts and become obedient to God's mm. word for us if we want to live in his blessing. So I have to choose daily to make God Lord of my life and practically Mm. live this out. Recently, I asked a friend of mine when and how he decides to fast. And his immediate answer was that he fasts when he senses that he's become lukewarm in his relationship with God. I was just so challenged by this, Alana, because that's exactly the time I did not want to fast. But I learned something Mm -hmm. because I see the value of this godly discipline in his life. Mm -hmm. And I I, I learned from this. So to sum up, we have to discern what category of emotional pain we are dealing with in ourselves and when we help others. Because each emotional pain needs the right remedy to fix it. 
just as I, as a doctor, cannot prescribe cough medicine for my high blood pressure patient and hope he'll get Mm. better. I must make the right diagnosis in order to prescribe the right medicine. The TPM process enables us to solve the following. Truth-based pain needs God's comfort. Lie-based pain needs God's truth. Sin needs us to repent and then Mm. accept God's forgiveness. And then we need to take responsibility for our daily choices and grow up into maturity. And then we will live live free and joyful lives, even Mm. when bad things happen. That is awesome. And I just want to ask you last one last question before we, we take a break. What happens in a TPM session? And yeah, can you share any testimonies with us um, with regards to that? Okay. Um, at the beginning of a TPM session, I will share some of the principles of how God designed our minds and our emotions to work. And then I let the person tell me a bit about themselves and um And then I'll start with a short prayer. Some people just want me to start immediately and thank God that he's here. So it's nothing funny. And that I just thank God that he cares deeply about people's struggles and needs. And then I ask them to keep their eyes closed and just focus on the inside and then just sense what is there. This process is very free-flowing, and the person then chooses for himself what they want to deal with. And then I ask them to describe whatever they sense Mm -hmm. on the inside, and then I will ask the specific questions which will help them move forward to where the pain is. Mm It will be questions like, what do you feel there? Where does this feeling take you to? Why do you feel this? How does it feel to believe that, for instance, there's something wrong with you? And once we identify the lie the person believes in a memory, I will then ask the Lord to bring truth, whichever way he wants to. And I let God be God. I do not prescribe the way he should Mm. minister to a person. So it's a very Holy Spirit-led ministry. And all you do is facilitate what God is busy doing. Yeah. So the truth people receive from God can be quite diverse um, because we are all individuals. Mm. Some people can just simply sense God is in the situation or near what happened there. Or it can just be a sense of peace or joy where there was pain before. Mm. Other people, of course, and it's often the artistic people, see pictures or series of pictures which bring them to peace. But the one is not more or less spiritual or significant than the other. Mm. And the, what is important, though, is that when God, you've had a God encounter, something always changes inside. There's, to me, a fourfold evidence test when, there's been, um, when God has really encountered someone. The first is the truth is always biblically consistent. And the second one is that the lie that the person believes will no longer feel true. There will be renewal yes. and a transformed life that follows automatically without effort. And then the person will, be, of course, experience lasting peace mm. in the memory where we worked, but then also in the current situation, that's the, the present situation that triggered them. Yeah. And then, of course, there will be trans- uh, true compassion and forgiveness for the person who might have hurt him. And also, when you've had an encounter with God, you cannot deny the truth of it. Mm. So when you hear something from someone and they say something to you, mm. It doesn't have the same effect as the encounter that you have because the encounter you have 
with God is so real yes. that you cannot you cannot yeah. believe the lie mm. any longer. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, and that is so amazing. Yeah, because it's authentic. Yes. So if I can share perhaps um, uh, a typical TPM story, I don't know if we ever got a bit of time left. Yes, just okay. so we can we shortly, then okay. we can we can right. uh, take a break. So a typical TPM story would be, um, and this is a combination perhaps mm. of a few people's stories to protect their identities, but Mary is a librarian. And she's always been a rather nervous person in her own words. And she's a happily married wife with two small children. And her husband is a successful financial advisor in the banking industry. But due to COVID, he's had to deal with much more pressure at work and lost his temper at home several times. So Mary suddenly started having panic attacks. And she didn't want to go on a higher dose of her antidepressant, but she wanted to deal with the root of her nervousness, as she said. So she came to see me. In the session, Mary connected with a panic and immediately it took her to a memory of her as a little girl where she sat playing under the kitchen table in in her parents' home. And she felt the panic rise as she sat there and she heard her parents shouting and screaming over the table at one another about the lack of finances. And her response to my questions then revealed that she believed the lie that it was her fault that they were fighting and that she should have never been born. Sure. Mary was crying as I asked the Lord Jesus to reveal his truth to her about what she believes there. Then her tears stopped and she told me that she saw something really strange. She saw the little Nemo fish in the Disney story swimming up the fish tank pipe to his freedom. And he swam into a big bubble and then suddenly, pop! There she herself was, a little stick figure smiling peacefully and happily back at her out of the bubble. In awe, she realized that she was just given a picture of her own conception. And she she saw these huge, gentle (laughs) hands hovering protectively around this bubble in which she was floating. Mm. And she felt so peaceful there. She just burst out laughing as she said, Of course I have to be here. God made me for himself. He enjoys me. But then in TPM also, we always test that something has changed for the person. So I asked her to go back to where she sat under the table and where she hears her parents shouting. And if the lie that that it was her fault that they were shouting and that she didn't have been born still felt true. Mm. And she said, of course I have to be here. Jesus and I am playing with my dolls now. It's my parents' stuff. Nothing to do with me. And I said, how does that feel, Mary? She said, peaceful, very relaxing. And then I said, Mary, can we come back to your current situation with your husband losing his temper at home? Yes, she said, you know there's no panic anymore. I'm just sorry for him. He's under such great strain and it has nothing to do with me. I think I must give him tea and just listen to him. I can help him. This is just so peaceful. And she gave a great sigh. Mm. This is typical of many TPM stories. I can tell you, I can bear witness to that. I've also been involved in inner healing, very similar. And I have seen people close their eyes and describe the most beautiful things that God has done for them, pictures. And and so I know that God does show, and it is a very powerful ministry. And I know that people has been transformed and it is amazing. Mm. So thank you so much for Mm. sharing with us. Um, We're going to take a short break and we are nearly done with um, our discussion. 
Um, so we will be back shortly. If anybody would like to get um, Analma Rodeman's details or get in contact with her, um, we will be giving her details after this break. This is Body Matters with Alana Ulifi and my guest is Anal Rademeyer and we are almost at the end of our discussion on how we can renew our minds through prayer. Anal, don't you want to just briefly tell us what is the Transformation Prayer Ministry Principles? Okay, Alana, thank you. Um, they are, this is quite important because this is, in a sense, the basis on which the transformation pre-ministry process is, yeah, it is based on this. And there are quite a number of them. I think f- for brevity, I will just mention a few. And they, they might sound very common sense and normal, but I think it's important just to mention them. That, okay. For instance, God created us with emotions so that we can experience life to the full. Joy when good things happen, sadness when we have a loss, and everything in between. And our emotions reveal what we experience as true and real for ourselves. And it is what connects us to people around us. So emotions are good even if they feel bad. And our emotions reveal not only what we feel in our Mm. hearts, but what we really believe in our minds. So we feel what we believe. If I believe a truth like God is on my side and I'm not alone, then I'll feel peace. But if I believe there's no one to help me and I've got to cope with myself Mm. in in this difficult situation, I will feel alone. The problem is, though, that we often have two opposing things that we believe at the same time. On the one hand, we have good cognitive knowledge, that which I believe logically in my mind and that which is true according to God's word, something like God loves me and he'll never forsake me. And on the other hand, I have experiential knowledge, that which life experiences has taught me and which feels true in my heart. Something like, God has forgotten me. He doesn't care what happens to me. So this can be a lie, but it feels true to me. The problem is Mm. that in the heat of our difficult moments, our experiential beliefs override that which we logically believe and that which we really want to believe. So we feel the effect of the lies we believe Mm. and we live them out, as we said previously, in our relationship. Because if I believe a lie, the consequences will be much the same as if it were true. So most of our emotional pain comes from the lies we believe. And we cannot talk ourselves or other people out of the lies we believe experientially. Mm. God is the only one who can do that. And we need to own the lies and take it to God then only when he gives his truth, his perspective, then the lie won't feel true anymore. And then we'll have peace. Sure. And that brings me to that scripture that says, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide us in all truth. So it's calling on to Holy Spirit. And that is basically what your ministry is, mm. where Holy Spirit comes and he ministers the mm. truth. Mm. And so, yeah, that is so amazing. Um, we are at the end of our program, but before we do that, I want um, and I'll just tell the audience if if they want to get in touch with you, or if they would like to come for a session, or even training, because I see that you're also doing training mm. on on TPM. Um, how can they contact you, and how can they go about doing that? Okay. Um, a lot of people who would like to come for a TPM session can contact me on WhatsApp. My cell phone number is 072 
0771-7091. I repeat that, 072-7090-771. And I will repeat it a bit later again. And please then leave a message with a few details about yourself and your email address. And then I will respond and make arrangements with you. And um, then I can also mention that I have trained other facilitators, friends who can also help you if you have an urgent need to see someone and my available appointments are perhaps too far booked in the future. Then with regard to training, there are a few options available. My next TPM training group will be at Shofar Marmersbury Church in September 2021. We had to postpone due to COVID, but we're really looking forward because I think by then things will have hopefully settled down a bit. And it will be on three Friday nights and the consecutive Saturdays. So the dates will be the 3rd and the 4th, the 10th and the 11th, and the 24th and the 25th of September. I'll quickly repeat that. The derde, vierde. 10, 11, and 24, 25 September. People who are interested in doing the training course also then can contact me by email. My email address is anelrademeyer at gmail.com. A-N-E-L-R-A-D-E-M-E-Y-E-R at gmail.com. Just as you say it, no dots, no full stops. I will then put your name on my mailing list and will send you invites about two months in advance. This TPM training course is not only a cognitive exercise, but very interactive and combines teaching sessions, video clips, practical exercises with partners, supervised practice sessions and live TPM demonstration sessions that I do. I like a personal approach and I'm a hands-on kind of person. And during the training, friendships form and family starts happening as well. So this TPM training usually becomes a very safe environment for all involved and I just love this. I can also mention that most people who do the TPM course do it to help themselves firstly and to deal with their own issues. And that's absolutely fine. So although the training is equipment for prayer facilitators, there's no pressure to take this any further than just to help yourself. But what has often happened is that when people start experiencing the freedom and peace that God brings, you start helping those around you as well. So... Thank you. So if anybody would like to contact Anal, please take note of all her details that she's given you. And we're going to end with prayer. Anal, would you please pray for us? Thank you, Alana. I will do that. I can just, before I end, I just want to quickly mention that you can also go on the website, Dr. Ed Smith's website, transformationprayer.org. There is also training available there online if you're the online kind of person. So... Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the God who cares, that you know each of us by name, and that you know about the detail of each of our lives. Thank you that you want to comfort us in our mourning and heart sore about various issues. Sometimes we don't even know have we don't even have words to express what we feel, but Lord, you know it anyway. So listener, just there where you are at. Bring your hurt to God for his touch, his comfort, and let him lift the heaviness that you carry off you. And Lord Jesus, you are the truth, the life, and the way to the Father. Please bring your truth, your perspective in the situations where we learn to believe lies about ourselves, about who we are and how we are, about our situations, and even about you. Renew our minds so that we can see through your eyes. 
and bring us your peace. We long for your peace, Lord. And Jesus, where we have tried to comfort ourselves with false comforts and where we did things that actually hurt us and break relationship with you, please forgive us and renew a right spirit in us. We want to love you above all else. We worship you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Be in peace, listener. God is with you. He cares about you and he loves you very much. Thank you, Annal. Thank you so much for sharing this wonderful word with us and for coming in today. And we pray God's blessings over your ministry. And yeah, just be blessed. And unfortunately, that is the end of my program. Thank you for joining me on Body Matters, where everybody in the body of Christ matters. We'll meet again next Saturday, same time, same frequency, with more great conversation. From me, Alana Ulifiu, have a blessed week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.